Yo, you are now tuning in with the Life by Taylor, the podcast channel that helps you become the best version of yourself. That's right. Check it out. So we're back today and we're going to be talking about how meditation can help you overcome addictions. And today I'm here with Jacob. Yo, yo. So maybe do you want to start off with like a little bit of a background as to your addiction and a little bit about how you overcame it? Yeah, sure. I've been through a lot of addictions myself. My past obviously been with gaming, a lot of drugs, cigarettes, TV shows. And I, um, I've obviously come a long way now, but for me it was quite tough too. It was uh, almost like I couldn't get away from certain things. It was like a... Um, running away from uh, just being and not doing anything. It's constant seeking of stimulation. I'm always interested with like addictions because I don't feel like I've ever really been addicted to something to like such an excessive extent. Like I definitely do suffer with addiction from little things here and there, but I don't think I've suffered from something like so much to the point where I've consciously tried to give it up. Yeah, I think it's how much the addiction has a hold of you, like whether you have the power over it or that has the power over you. Generally, if you haven't got control over it and it's kind of controlling you, then I think it's an addiction. But I guess you could say like you're addicted to negative thoughts. Like I could say I definitely was when I was in my depressed states. I used to be addicted to just being depressed and being sad. Yeah, definitely. You can be addicted to, it doesn't just have to be, you know, like a material thing. It can definitely be like negativity. Mm. You can be addicted to gossip. They don't just have to be drugs. Like I thought, you know, once I got off the drugs, my life was going to change, you know. It it seems out that drugs is only the bad one, you know. It's because society doesn't really want you to be on the drugs. Unless you have a mental issue or something, then you go on antidepressants or something like that. But yeah, what I learned is that there's a lot of hidden drugs, a lot of hidden addictions that we don't talk about, that society kind of, you know, and our friends and our family, our parents label as okay. We see it on TV, we see it everywhere. Yeah, things that we consider normal due to, like, social conditioning. And really, it's a negative addiction. So for me, I, um, when I stopped, you know, a lot of the drugs, like the marijuana... What did you try to give up first? Well, the... For me, first, I was on the ice and things like that. Damn, that's heavy. (laughs) Ice, cocaine, um, you know, a lot of the heavier drugs, that's when I started. Shit, man. Yeah, and a lot of that was to kind of fit into my group as well, to fit into, you know, this this is what to do to be cool, you know, and and then if I don't do it, I won't maybe be accepted by my friends or I'll I'll seem like a cool guy if I do so. And you you tend to... Wow. It's crazy because you think like you hear about peer pressure and stuff in school and you're like, nah, whatever. Peer pressure doesn't affect me. And then you realize like, oh shit, I'm getting heavily influenced by my peers to do this certain thing. So at what point did you realize like that this was an addiction and that you wanted to stop? It was always, you know, it was always there that I probably shouldn't be doing it. But at the same time, it was always like I wasn't consciously in, you know, in control. So for me, I jumped from one to another, giving myself a little bit of a happiness boost. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I've got off this now, but then I jumped to the marijuana. And when you're constantly doing that, you know, it's like a, you're giving yourself this pleasure all the time. So when you're going back to being sober, as you will, you're not happy with your life. You think mm. that this is shit. I need to be this constant state all the time. You know what I'm saying? And um, So would you say that kind of 
like being addicted to those things increased your serotonin level? Yeah, I'd say it definitely increased, probably decreased my dopamine levels and played around with them a lot because I'm getting a constant dopamine release Mm. and the the serotonin. Just quickly, could you explain what dopamine and serotonin is? (laughs) Well, dopamine... In case anyone didn't know. Yeah, well, I didn't really know a while ago you know like it's true those words only recently became part of my vocabulary so dopamine is supposed to be like a reward you know that's mm. it's supposed to be the chemical that's produced when we you know achieve something but it can also be released through other little little highs so when you were addicted to the drugs how does that affect your dopamine well you're always giving yourself a dopamine release so it's almost like you've got a certain amount of dopamine and if you keep releasing it every day, your dopamine levels are running low and it just stuffs up your balance. So when you, you know, you're obviously going around and pleasuring yourself constantly, you're giving yourself these false sense of accomplishments that you've achieved these goals, but you haven't actually done anything. It actually stops you from achieving any actual goals. Mm. Keeps you in procrastination, keeps you in this self-doubt and you, you don't go anywhere in life but at the same time, you don't feel the need to because you're getting a dopamine release. Uh, something as even as like masturbation, you know, and as well as drugs, just mm. as high up there. So with something like serotonin, that's more of like how you how you feel valued, you know, how valued you feel. And... Yeah, like you feel like you're a king. Yeah. And that's what the drugs would do as well, I guess. Yeah, I'd say that would be more associated with like social media. Um, mm. even video games, you know, you kind of, you're getting that serotonin release because you're, you, you might be really good in a game. Like for me, that was something I used to do. Yeah. So when you, you put it all together. Cause they give you that false sense of confidence, false sense of well, you. False sense of accomplishment. When you're on that game, it's, you, you can talk about your identity as well and how it changes through social media and, and video games. Do you think meditation was one of the biggest, the bigger influences in helping you overcome these addictions? I think for me, something else came in. It was like, you know, I always wanted to stop, but I couldn't stop consciously. There was always a, that surface level, you know, trying to stop, trying to stop, but then no, no matter what I could do. For me, it was kind of like enough was enough. I got to a point where these drugs or addictions weren't covering up the pain or weren't covering up these emotions that I've been boggling up you know, if, you, if you've been wearing a mask your whole life and all of a sudden the mask doesn't work anymore, you've got the real identity there. You've got all these real, real things that are coming out and it's like reality and you're not used to it. The meditation definitely does help. It kind of brings in your awareness. I think mm. that's, that's the, uh, one of the first key steps. For me, I'd see it like meditation. It helps with discipline. So especially if you're trying to over, overcome an addiction, this is the way that I say it, it's like if you're disciplining yourself to meditate every day, to take out 5, 10 minutes, 20 minutes of your day to sit down and just be with yourself, then kind of it strengthens your willpower and your discipline when it comes to trying to stop something else. Because when you meditate, you, you, you're practicing on focusing on the now. You're focusing on your body and you're actually you know, developing your you know, prefrontal cortex, which is like the front of your brain which actually controls the uh, willpower center. It overweighs, you know, these decisions that you're getting from all these little dopamine releases and saying, look, I can, I'm going to benefit from something a bit more long-term rather than something short-term. Well, it's like the baby steps that get you to the bigger goal, right? You can't just expect to overcome, like, addiction, let's say, tomorrow or in yeah. two weeks. It's a constant effort. 
when you meditate, I'd, I'd basically say that it, it works more at a core level rather than a surface level. It's helping you really get to those patterns and those you know, deep down issues that are there. For, for me, it was the awareness of what I'm doing was a huge step. It was almost like I was unconscious going through life in, you know, like, like kind of like a dream, you know, and these things, these little things were just constantly stimulating me and keeping me going, keeping my mind running mm. and never stopping. When I did stop, it was almost like, oh, wow, fuck. There's a lot of things there that I'm trying to run away from. There's, you know, a lot of insecurities and things. Yeah, they come to surface because you're rarely ever on your own. We get so used to just being distracted by something, whether it's a stimulant, a drug, a game, social media, reading, anything. Yeah. Social situations, it's all something that's influencing our dopamine or our serotonin. It's almost like we've, you know, we've been told to just bust, you know, just keep doing, keep seeking something, you know, in the future. We we live in a first world country also, so we have everything that we need, I'd say. We, we get into these little, I'd say, traps. We get sucked into wanting more things. We get bored. We don't have to go out and you know work hard and do things. We, so we get all this time on our hands. That was, you know, for me, because I didn't have to go out and work. I could have just chilled at home. So I seeked something more. I'm seeking these little these little funds, these little pleasures that I thought were, were cool, what everyone's going to do. And then they become a part of you. They become part of your daily routine. And before you know it, you know, you're not even aware. You're doing these things every day. You might want to progress. You might want to do something new in your life, but you can't because these things are holding you back. And, you know, the mind, the mind will just keep you going, keep you in these little scenarios because the mind doesn't care if you're going to you know, benefit from the long term just wants to keep you safe it just wants to keep you you know in predictability it wants to do what it knows whether it's you know getting high all day when it's where even if you're in a shit state it'll, it'll keep you in that sort of you know same type of state even um so once i when i you know when i quit cigarettes it was um that was a big step it was it took, it took a lot of time because i never thought i'd be able to quit cigarettes and there came a time where i thought you know i'm going to try this out so I went and bought a vaporizer. You know, I, I started to cut down the nicotine levels. I thought, you know, it's the chemical that I'm addicted to. Then I realized that it was, you know, it's all in the head. A lot of power in the mind. So much, um, so much crap that's getting, you know, bullshitted on. When I, when I did, it was like the meditation. I kept doing that. I kept bringing that in. And I got used to sitting. Because I thought, how am I going to stop smoking? I need, you know, I need to replace it with something. And I, I thought, oh, maybe I need to eat snap, snacking or something like that. With the meditation, it helps you just to be able to do nothing and just be. That kind of makes you okay with the times when you're not being stimulated in some way. Yeah, because you, you realise <laughs> that you don't have to do anything constantly all the time. That constant need to constantly do something, whether it's have that cigarette, or keep playing or watching TV. These, th- these things aren't benefiting you, you know, in any way. Like, I, I don't see any problem with... Um, a little bit of TV, even video games, even even a bit of drugs. <laughs> yeah. That sound. It's. I think it's the place it's coming from. Definitely, it's always about the intention behind it. You could be addicted to anything. You could be addicted to looking at a green wall every day. Yeah. Like people are addicted to weird shit. I think it does come. A lot of it comes to doing being with yourself and not being fulfilled internally. I think that's huge. And then you're constantly seeking external pleasures, you know, external things in life rather than finding them inside you. That's why I think we get a lot lost in this, um, in the way this works and the way the conditioning <coughs> works. We're always told that we need to, you know, seek things and enjoy our lives through these, you know, external things and rather than just enjoying being here. So have you overcome all of the addictions that you consciously wanted to overcome? Yeah, I would say... I'd say everything that I've wanted to overcome, I have. And then I realized that there's a lot of hidden ones that 
Yeah, true. Ones that you never even consider an addiction before you started dropping addictions. Yeah. Like food for me is still a little bit of a challenge these days. I've definitely cut out probably 80% of sugar um, out of all liquids and things like that. Food is definitely, yeah, huge. Yeah, food's one of my ones too. <laughs> things like TV and stuff don't have a hold on me anymore. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. No more drugs. And, uh, you know, like I, I replaced them. So that's that's a big thing too. Like I brought in things like ex- exercise. Meditation obviously was one. And things like reading. So you started kind of swapping out the negative habits for positive ones. Yeah, things like negative friends, gossip and things that weren't benefiting me. I just kind of let go of them. And I, I think for me personally, I got rid of a lot of things very quickly and all, all together. I was kind of left with nothing to do. But the meditation was there and the exercise was there. So I kind of felt like I had so much time in my hands. Where beforehand, I felt like I didn't have any time in my hands because I had all these stupid little you know, attachments or habits that I was doing on a daily basis that were taking up my time. So now that, you know, once I got rid of all these little things, I had so much time in my hands to do, you know, plenty of things. It's all, you know, it's all got to contribution. Being with yourself. Yeah, it's really important, I think. Making the time to just be by yourself. I don't think majority of people realize how much little time we spend actually by ourselves and how much time we spend being distracted doing something watching tv scrolling on instagram catching up with friends going clubbing like there's just endless amounts of things that we're constantly doing i always ask the people a question when was the last time you spent 10 minutes sitting down by yourself doing nothing yeah. most people can't even remember a time that they ever did that it's pretty bad yeah, it's crazy. And then people think it's weird. It's like, why would I stop? Or why should I not do anything? Yeah, people think it's normal to say, why should I spend five minutes doing nothing? Yeah, it's almost like, well, why, why would I wait and waste my time spending 10 minutes doing nothing? But then I'll go and watch TV for three hours a night or play PlayStation or go and fucking sit on Facebook for an hour. But sitting for 10 minutes without doing anything, that's not nah, weird. That's uh, I need to fill up that time. That's weird. That's a big one. And that's how I used to feel as well before I started doing meditation and stuff. I've got a video on my brother's phone, which I got shown a few months ago, of my mum in the car saying to me, Taylor, you should really try out this like meditation stuff, like really, really trying to get me into meditation. This was in my like devil phase. You're in the back of the car. And I'm I'm in the back of the car and I'm like, mum, why the hell would I ever sit on the floor by myself and meditate? Like, I was so like, ew, why would I do that? That's so weird. And I remember even hearing the first time when someone... Someone said you should look yourself in the eye in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. When someone told me to do that for the first time, I was just like, um, yeah, probably not going to do that. That's so (laughs) weird. But why is it weird? Why is it weird for us to spend a second looking into our eye or five minutes sitting by ourselves doing nothing? Why is that so weird? The thing is, it's not. It's almost like where everyone's identified with their ego, you know, as well. You'd say it's a very unconscious way of thinking. Kind of because we're lying to ourselves all the time about who we actually are. So when it's time to actually look at ourselves, we're like, what the fuck? Yeah, definitely. It's huge. Like, what is that? We don't want the truth. No one wants the, you know, the real truth because we've been told to believe lies. It's true. We can't just suck it up to ourselves and tell us, tell ourselves the truth. And that's why meditation is scary for a lot of people. A lot of people are actually scared to meditate because they're scared of what thoughts are going to come up when they're 
alone for 10 minutes. I used to be like that. Like before I used to go to sleep, I would have to fall asleep with my phone five centimeters away from my eyes. Like I couldn't just put my phone away, get in bed and try to sleep. Yeah. I had to be distracted until those last seconds. You could talk about being identified with your mind a lot too, because the mind doesn't want to live in the present moment. You know, it's always seeking future and past events. When you go against that, there's a lot of resistance. It's not going to be, you know, when you're sitting in the present moment, it's like, what are we doing here? Mm. We need to be thinking about the future for mm-hmm. survival, what, you know, and we need to think about the past. Yeah. Or, or the past. I need to worry about what's happened and I need to crave something to happen in the future. Yeah. That's how I was like. Every night I would, the only thing that would get me to sleep was just imagining what was going to happen tomorrow. Who was going to walk past me? Who was going to message me that day? What party I was going to get invited to on the weekend? Yeah, what, what are you going to do next? Not now, but what, what's, in the, what's a, a, you know, a pleasant future that's yeah, going to come? something better. Like, I just need something better than what's happening right now. You know, and you realise that, you know, like we are saying today, that nothing's permanent. And you know, all these things that we, we seek in the future, you know, we keep, we keep having this imagination of something that's an end goal result once we get here, once we get there. I think that's important to mention about addiction too, the the idea of impermanence, which means that nothing is permanent. Because some people might not be able to overcome addiction, I think, because they think they're never going to be able to stop smoking or, you know, they just think, well, well, this is it now. I'm smoking till the day I die. There's no way I'm giving it up. And obviously, if you're thinking like that, you're not going to overcome smoking. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people say that they want to overcome smoking or a certain drug, but deep down they don't. It's almost like success too. People say they want success in their life, but they're actually afraid of it. It's like, can you handle quitting the drug now? Did you feel like that when you were trying to overcome stuff? Yeah, definitely. Part of me wanted to stop. Part of me thought, nah, you're enjoying this. Stay where you are. What's it going to be like when you stop? You know, it's almost like the unknown. Stay where you are. Stay miserable. Stay, stay in this little trap that you're in. I always seen it, you know, like like flying a plane. You know, you're going through these distortions and unconsciously, you know, you don't even realise that you're the pilot, but autopilot's been running the whole time. I don't know how to relate that to addictions, though, but <laughs> <laughs> I could say, you know, your addictions are kind of like your passengers on the plane and you're stuck with them and you, you're trying to drop them off and you just can't. You keep going the same type of directions. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are running on autopilot. Oh, definitely. So let's just explain what autopilot is in case no one knows. I like just giving these little, you know, because some people don't understand what that means, you know. Some people are like, what the fuck do you mean by autopilot? Like even the other day I put up on my Instagram story, I said, does anyone know what, um, it was something, I was describing some word and I put it up and like 60% of people said yes, they understood and 40% yeah. said they didn't. So I don't want to leave the 40% out, you know of what course, I mean? Yeah. So autopilot, I think you would say is just running day-to-day life, unconscious, unaware really of how you got from A to B, just kind of going with it. Wake yeah. up, go to work, wait for work to finish, get home, put on the telly, watch a TV show until you fall asleep and just do it again, Monday to Friday. Yeah, I would say it's like, you know, like kind of like a groundhog day. You're doing the same things every day. You're not really aware of it. You might think that you're, in, in, you know, in control, but I, I think that a lot of your, your daily routine is rooted subconsciously. I think about 90% of what you do is due to, you know, the subconscious. The way that I like to explain it is like, you know, when you're driving and 
you get to a place and you're like, what the hell? I, I can't, how do, how did I even get here? How like, I, I don't there? remember turning all those streets, stopping at that streetlight. Which way did I go? Yeah. And, but you got there somehow. That's kind of like what being on autopilot is, just kind of going with it and not knowing really what's going on and how you got there. It's all like the system's in place. It's it's doing what it knows and it's keeping you in the same type of pattern, you know, just like the plane in the sky. You know, you, when the when the pilot puts that autopilot on, it does it, it does the job for it. It knows the exact route, mm. it knows how to get to the destination, and it knows how to get home. You know, if the pilot's not aware, the, the plane will just run itself. The plane sticks to its system or its conditioning runs it for it let's say in people's perspective people just go with their conditioning yeah like for example to say it uh, someone living in sydney australia 23 year old boy living in an ethnic home and we're known for having strict parents they want us to go to uni get married have kids so let's say someone who is conditioned to Go to school, go to uni, get married, have kids. I would say that's um that's kind of the system that he's kind of following. He's yeah. following the system that everyone wants him. You would say his life could be mostly on autopilot, but I, I know for me myself, once I, I'd say, took myself off autopilot, you, you can't take yourself off autopilot completely. Let's just say that as well, because you need that, you need that system to help you. You can basically say the autopilot is your mind or your brain. You know, it's the cockpit of your plane. And you need that. You, the pilot can't do all the work itself. You need that cockpit to, you know, get you places and keep things running. If you're thrown, you know, you're thrown in certain directions and you're not aware that you're going through distortions or you could be in, you know, a lot of turbulence. Your passengers, you know, could be all your belief systems. So sometimes... Do you think maybe someone wouldn't even realise that they were suffering from an addiction? Yeah. Due to being on autopilot or unconscious or whatever. I think a lot of people are going through day-to-day unaware of their addictions. Especially with, with like, social media and, like, gaming and things like that. Even TV, people watch it and they don't even realise that, like, they're addicted to that shit. They watch that shit every day for hours. It's huge. And and it's it's not labelled in society as bad. You know? That's right. It's considered as normal. Yeah, exactly. So these normal things that people do day to day, because they're getting accepted by others for doing it, they're not, it's not, you know, it's okay. Well, even for you, would you say the addictions that you have overcome, like, were they considered normal from others? Yeah. I, 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 think, I think a lot of them were. Yeah, like, no one really looked at you like, whoa, this guy, like, He's suffering from heavy addiction. Yeah, no. Probably, you know, the early days with the heavier stuff, but a lot of the guys I was hanging around with and friends, girls and guys, whoever, they're all doing it, so why would I... So it was even normal in your environment? Yeah, it was normal then. So with littler things, let's say, like TV, social media, gaming, that kind of stuff would be very kind of brushed aside today. Like even with like parents raising their children, they just think whatever, you know, they're watching TV, they watch it every day for a few hours. Like it's alright, all the other kids do it. But exactly. you know, to someone else, that could be seen as an addiction, or that could be an addiction. It could lead to an addiction. Yeah, because a lot of the other kids are doing it. It's like it's okay. His family's allowing it. Their family's allowing it. Parents don't really have much control these days either. They, it's not really their fault. No, it's not. Well, it's everywhere now. You can't really... You can, obviously, get rid of it, but, yeah. 
Yeah, well, you can get rid of it, and then who knows? The it's part of schools now. You get given, like, iPads in schools now. Yeah. Yeah, there's kids with screens in their face. Yeah, very young age these days. And I, I see it all the time. They're not happy with their presence. You see it in, yeah. I see, like, insecurities in, like, little girls now, like... 10, 11 years old, they're, like, insecure and, like, obviously because they're going on Instagram and Snapchat and they're friends with this person, they're following this person. There's no filter on this stuff, like, for young kids. Yeah, they're comparing themselves with others rather than just being happy with themselves. That's definitely as well being identified with your mind and the ego. Yeah, and meditation helps with all of this stuff, seriously. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll, It'll quieten down that mind of yours and allow you to really see things from a different perspective really realize that what am i doing why am i doing this on a daily basis you know it's kind of like seeing from a, a third perspective you know yeah. you'd say waking up that all apart a little bit i had someone message me on instagram the other day and he's like oh don't worry hun he's like don't look too deep into things <laughs> i'm like Bro, you don't know who you're talking to. Like, <laughs> I'm the queen of looking deep into things. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get to this way of thinking from not looking deep into things. Yeah, well... You know, I just thought that was funny. I'm like, why wouldn't I look deep into things? Oh, so, yeah, like we were saying today, like, we, it's quite easy to go deep with certain things. A lot of people like, don't like to. They like to shy yeah. away from the truth. It's true. It's true. Even with today, I posted about the Snapchat filters and how I think Snapchat filters are toxic because they're completely changing the way that you look to portray yourself online. And even I had a few people saying, like, what's the big deal? You know, they're cute. Who cares? It's just fun. Like, don't look too deep into Snapchat filters. And I'm like, but it's just more to it than that, you know? There's just more to it. They are cute, you know? I I do get it, but at the same time, there is that, yeah. Well, it's all about the... um, the intent behind it, that's yeah. that's what I say. Yeah, you want to look better. You don't want to show your ugly side to the world. You know, if you're showing yourself to other people, you want to look your best. You know? Which in today's society includes having cat ears and, like, whiskers and fake freckles on your nose. <laughs> like, makeup and hair isn't enough anymore. We need, we need that shit too. We're drifting off topic now. <laughs> so, but yeah. meditation helps with becoming aware of these little things. Like, you might not be aware of these little addictions that to some people might seem normal, but to you, you know, on a deeper level, it's not. Only you can know the answer to if Snapchats are toxic to you or not. Like, to someone, they might not be toxic, but to someone else who suffers with insecurities, low self-esteem, got bullied in school for the way they look, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like, you know, that can be very negative. Yeah, I, I see it a lot in a lot of the insecurities, especially in the, you know, females, males also. They won't show any real photos of themselves. It's all got a filter, so... And I think once you get into a, a routine of meditation and you start feeling the benefits of meditation these things start becoming more obvious to you. They start rising up to the surface layer, whereas before they'd just be unconscious, you wouldn't even consider picking up on these little things. 100%. You know, it completely wakes you up. It completely wakes you up. You bring in these new possibilities into your life. The benefits are huge. Like, mm. we could talk for a, a long time about the benefits. And... So true. Meditation is just crazy. It's completely changed my life. Yeah, the science behind it, the whole, you know, the breathing, everything, anxiety, depression, stress, 
all that. Literally, like everything. Hey. Yeah. You want you want a magic pill? That's <laughs> so true. It, that is the magic pill. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people know what's good for them. Mm. They might not even know what's bad for them. And it's almost like why can't people make change? There's so much. Well, if you look at any major religion, they like they all kind of meditate in a way. Praying is kind of meditating. You know, it's very similar, especially with like the mantra kind of ones. All that is is being present with that mantra that they're saying, which is usually something really beautiful. Yeah. Even lot... in Hinduism, they do a lot of chanting and that kind of stuff. Buddhism, meditation, Christianity, praying, it's pretty much the same as meditation. The them, benefits are there. People, you know, the answers are all there. Yeah. And what's good for you and what's bad for you. Sometimes, like we're saying, there's things that we think that are good for us and think that aren't that bad for us, but we still do them. Like the TV and the video games and the social media, these little things that aren't classified as a drug, they still seem fine. Damn. We've been talking for 40 minutes. Have we? Fuck. <laughs> That's pretty good. A bit like See, that. like, we did say we could talk about meditation for hours and we weren't lying about that. I honestly could. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much it's almost like I'm lost because my mind's kind of... Because it's like, oh, this, but what about this? Yeah. And this too. <laughs> and I've been specifically told by you, Taylor, to not go too deep. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to keep it pretty understandable. So... I'm like fighting against myself. We should do some <laughs> podcasts though where we just don't even like pick a topic and just kind of just go with it. Just yeah. go with it. Like, who cares? Because for this, obviously, like someone wants to click the title, they want it to relate to the title. Mm. But with something else, you know, something random, you can do that. Just, just to cover all the addictions, you know, and back off saying like why we don't, you know, make these changes, why we don't bring in the good and the bad, why we don't stop the bad. We're well aware of what's good and what's bad and what could benefit us, but we still don't do them. I think um, if you bring in a powerful habit like meditation... Definitely. ...and you stick to it, whether it's you know 10 minutes every day, I'd recommend it in the morning, even if in the afternoon. Just sit, keep your back straight and just breathe. You can listen to guided, whatever it may That's be. That's all it takes, 10 minutes. Um, if you want to progress from there, you progress from there, but... Just start with start with you know little steps. Yeah. And you'll see the benefits. I've got videos on little tutorials on how to meditate if anyone's interested in like step by step, even though it's very simple. Well, yeah, it's simple, but at the same time, there's a lot of different techniques. Definitely. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot of a few little things along my journey. Yeah, for sure. And I've progressed. I've tried out different things. There's so many different kinds of meditation you can do. If yeah. you're not ready to sit completely on your own, you can listen to a guided meditation. There's so many different things. You can listen to music, frequencies, yeah, yeah. rain, forests, anything. Yeah. That's how I started off with stuff like that. Music, always had music on when I meditated. Yeah, always, nice. always had to have something like really nice and relaxing. And then I started moving into a little bit of guided meditations now I just meditate with nothing. I, no music, no no guide, just me. That's my ideal. I think as well as you progress, you start to go longer. You know, you're more sustainable to just sit and do nothing and you don't rely on these external things in life. You don't need to seek. Like I used to, my mind would play tricks on me and say, hurry up, what's the time? How long are you sitting for? Why is it taking this long? Yeah. <laughs> There's something wrong with the time. I'm just going to check it. Yeah. I'd impress it. <laughs> yeah, the time has stopped. Yeah, I've been through all of that. But you know now when I meditate, like, I'm like, keep going. Like, just take longer. Like, I love it now. 
I don't want it to end. Sometimes after as well, when I do it, I just want to sit. I don't feel the need to do anything. I, I start to enjoy things a lot better. I have to see the, the beauty in things more. When you're more fulfilled as well, you're not attached to things. You actually can enjoy them. You don't go to them and rely on these things. You, you come back to your state. I like to use the term, you know, where we 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 are supposed to be born in first class, you know, and we, we get sucked into thinking that we're an economy, you know, and we, we seek these little, little highs that might give us business class every now and again or a little bit of extra leg room. It's a great analogy. You know, but we always come back to this little economy squashed in. Yeah, well, economy is like the accepted default. Yeah, that's what the, the condition default. When really all of our defaults is first class. Yes. Default. And that's what we all need to learn is that we can always be in first class. Someone messaged me on Facebook one time actually and they told me they didn't think it was possible for humans to always feel in a state that their lives are going okay. And I was just like, that's sad. That's really sad to think that because of course we can. Of course we can always live in first class. That's how we're meant to live. That's how we're meant to live. We're meant to live in first class. And when you're coming from first class, you can go and do any of these little things that you want and you'll realise that they're not that great. They're only temporary little fixes. You know? Yeah, you start seeing those addictions differently. Yeah, because yeah, you're, you're more fulfilled. So whether it's the, the video game or the drug... You... It's true. You can come from a different place when you're looking at those things. And you're going back to your normal state, which is an abundant state. You're coming from a bit more of fulfilling state so you don't have to rely on all these little things every day like for example say i never was addicted to video games but i can see how someone could get addicted but i guess it's like say for me when i go and play a video game now it's like it's like nothing for me it's like play a bit of fun whatever once every six months with the little cousins it's all right yeah but i'm seeing it completely different to a person who's like full-on addicted to video games for me, I, I, at one point I thought I couldn't, nah, no more gaming, no more truth, no more alcohol. Like ever, you mean? Yeah, ever. And I thought, that's mm. it. And then as I got stronger and whatever along my journey, I started to realise that I can actually do these things. Because it's coming from a different place. Yes, I can do these things, but they're not going to have a hold on me like they were before. Yeah. And I'm 100%, like, I can totally see you playing a game or smoking a bit of weed or any single one of those things you struggled with and be fine the next day and not have that like itching feeling to go and do it again like I yeah. definitely think you're way past that point of the addiction it's more of a choice like I, I come from a point now where you know if I do something if it's going to give me a little short-term high it's fine like we still got experienced life we've got these cool technologies we have these mm. mad inventions and whatnot you know yeah. we can't run away from it and go and hide in a cave like a good to... movie comes out you're going to go and watch it yeah, I'm not going to go and say, no, I'm not watching TV, you know, but I, I'm not going to go and sit and spend fucking, you know, every single day on it. You know, it's not going to be a thing. So I think I think everything's fine in context just as long as it doesn't take a hold of you. Definitely. It doesn't become a habit and it doesn't become a part of you. you know? Like if, I think a lot of people as well, it's like an empty void inside of them. So they're feeling, they keep filling it like an empty bucket with a hole in the bottom. No matter how much you fill that bucket up, it's always going to keep draining out. I think once that bucket's nice and full, and you've got no holes in it, I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my metaphor. Oh, my God. These are great. These are great. <laughs> I'm listening to it. All I'm hearing is bucket, hole, empty <laughs> hole, bucket. <laughs> I think we should end the podcast. I think we should wrap it up. I think it was really good. I really enjoyed the chat. 
Even if no one watches this, that was a good chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, med- like it's just such a huge topic. Honestly, like it's a- you look at any like any one of these like Oprah's, Eckhart Tolle, yeah, Tony Robbins, all these like guys, they all meditate. That was that was another big thing for me before a rap. You know, you go look into any successful person. I I for one did. I thought, why are these these people? Ha- they seem happy. They seem successful. Can I not re- replicate them? And why not cut from the same cloth? So you saw that in a lot of these people's day-to-day habits, they had meditation as part of their schedule. Yeah, yeah, I seen it everywhere. So it ticked into my brain. My brain said meditation, meditation, exercise, reading. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all these good things, health and nutrition, sunlight, nature. Man, those are all like the best things. Yeah. All those things you just said, the best. Like those are the shit. You know, the water, and, and then you, you start to research and. Uh, what am I doing? Why am I not drinking water? Why am I, am I have I had any fruit or you know what am I eating? What am I putting in my body? You start questioning all these things. Yeah, and I think that's where that's why meditation is so huge because awareness it brings awareness to you. It helps you to start to see things and actually take control. And, you know. It's true. Well, it opens up your little third eye. <laughs> Maybe. I think the third eye is just like for me. I see it as like it's just being more aware about shit like it's just being a bit more conscious right it's kind of coming out of autopilot coming out of that unconscious state and coming into a state of awareness that's how I see the third eye like I don't see the third eye as like an eye in between your eyebrows that literally like opens up as you meditate like some Goku for three hours yeah I think it's more of like a satellite beacon (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to get into that type of area I I, I just (laughs) I think, you know, just look at what we call ourselves, human beings. I think mm. that we need to really just start to be and be, you know, mm. be that human. Not just the human, but be the human being. I think a lot of people are just humans. And uh, you can become a human becoming. Mm. Human becoming. Are we going to hear that in your first book? That might be, yeah, it might be the name of it, Human Becoming. Human Becoming. I like it. Mm. Like, you know, everyone knows what to do. You know what to do. You know that all what all the, all the good people are doing, this is it, you know, the rich and successful. You know, it all takes a little bit. I know it's quite hard to bring in, you know, little things and make, break addictions, but your time will come, whether it may be in this lifetime or the next. All right. That's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed the chat. See you in the next one.